You know how I, I enjoy a, a good energy beverage from time to time, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm drinking coffee, if that counts. Well, my, mine was, you know, like your Red Bull mm. and Monsters and what have you. Ah, the, the energy drink, TM. TM. And everybody's always told me how terrible they are for, for you. I think that's the caffeine and sugar, though. There's not really. You know what, though? There's less calories in those energy drinks. It's a fake sugar, and I get it. It's mm-hmm. an acquired taste, but I learned to love beer. I was born drinking. (laughs) It didn't take a lot of convincing. I'm just going to be honest, but I did have to find that beer does not need to taste like watery armpit. Yeah, but apparently it may not be as bad for you as you think. So I can drink Red Bull like 24 seven all the time, all day. Ad, I probably drink more caffeine every day and coffee. I'd probably be okay with drinking Red Bull like pretty consistently. Well, you know what's so. funny is, you know, I have those five-hour energies that I bought from Costco. Yeah, for the little trip. off-brand ones, yeah. And I think they work remarkably well. If you're in it, I think people think that it's just a ton of caffeine. It is the same amount, if not slightly less, than what we get when we buy this house-roasted coffee. Oh, yeah. So it's actually less caffeine, but it's a small, but it's, it's all about the marketing. It's like five hours of energy. Yeah, yeah. When in reality, I think it's just it's just because caffeine has like a five hour half life or something. Well, and they they put a bunch of stuff in there to prevent you from like sugar crashing and oh, stuff. Yeah. I forget what vitamins, but there's a vitamin blend that's designed to kind of like sustain it. So it's yes, it's a jolt of caffeine, but it's designed to make it so that you don't crash. It's supposed to. Mm. I don't know if that makes it worse for you or not, but they're not bad. They taste pretty awful, but they're not well, bad, but they're awful. Well, when we were, because I took that road trip and I was really worried about whether or not I was too old. Yeah. (laughs) And I never felt jittery. Mm. I never had a problem with it. And I would say, depending on it, I I had them a couple of days. The one day I made it to about four hours and then I started to feel it wear off. The one day I was super tired. It got about three and a half hours before I was like, I am exhausted. Yeah. But at three and a half hours, it was like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, so kind of makes sense. So anyway, taurine may be mm. the magical elixir for the fountain of youth. How do they get taurine? I don't really want to know. Because, yeah, I've heard some some things, and I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to ask questions on that one. Because yeah. I know that taurine is some type of really important protein. An essential amino acid for babies, by the and, way. And but that we can also adults make cats. them. But you know, we're we're both big cats fans. Sorry to anybody out there who is <laughs> not the musical. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good call there. The animal, not the musical. But cats require taurine, and they get that amino acid through their food. They actually don't really produce enough of it. Oh. So people, you kind of hit the nail right on the head. As a baby, you need tons of taurine. Which you get from breast milk and such, yeah. Yep. And then your body eventually makes it on its own. and But as you get older, it starts to make less of it. Cats, on the other hand, they don't really make it. They're meat eaters. They require it from the things they eat. So taurine is actually an added amino acid to a lot of cat foods. Yeah. Okay. Weird, weirdly, it says that shellfish and, and shrimp are extremely high in it, and then, really? and then dark meat is second. So they must extract That's it interesting. from just animal products. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's strange. But taurine itself may be the answer to living longer. Huh? So I was reading this thing about scientists started just injecting mice and animals with like straight up pure <laughs> As taurine, you do. yeah, like you do, right? Like <laughs> you know. But they found out that the taurine reduced and inhibited the effects of aging weird and so the mice were living 10 to 12 percent longer than the control group wow that were getting shot up with taurine so like Like they were ingesting it or you think they were actually like shooting it into their bloodstream (laughs) you know when i pictured it i was picturing just you know shots so i guess maybe it could be a dietary listen that's on me that's on me i didn't pay enough attention because i just know what i pictured as i read it (laughs) but but yeah they they said that these mice lived longer the animals it was mice and something else 
we're living longer with the extra taurine. So like, yeah, there's a butt in there. There's got to be. What? Nah. There's not? No. I mean, they did say that if you're going to scale the percentages up to people, it'd be the equivalent of having 63 cans of Red Bull a day. But <laughs> I guess for me and my intake of energy drinks, I'm not going to live 10 to 10. 10 to 12 percent not at 63 cans but i'm still probably going to get five percent extra life out of it i'm gonna live forever is what i'm saying ah, i see i see okay. i'm gonna live forever <laughs> well uh i think we should probably buy a, a pallet of red bulls 388 bucks so i'm okay with it yeah they got Juneberry right now which is a really weird thing that i didn't know actually existed Juneberry, that my favorite is there's a fig apple fig apple that's my it, that's the green one yeah i've seen yeah, that yeah, yeah. what Take, is what is Juneberry? That sounds like juniper. I looked this up and I forgot already. It's like some bread between like blueberry and something else. Hmm. It's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Probably comes out in June. Yeah. But the but the fig the fig apple one is probably my favorite, and it's weird because I think I'll turn a lot of people off to it. Reminds me an awful lot of a vanilla pipe. Vanilla pipe. Yeah, well, like when you smoke a pipe with vanilla tobacco. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was like a euphemism or something. <laughs> what better way to start a show than I thought you were making a joke? Mm-hmm. We're back. It is yet another episode of the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast. I am one of multiple hosts, if multiple can be defined as two. I'm joined with Griffin Ball. Hi, Griff. Hello. I'm not even going to pretend to press the button that I think is for the hand clapping. I just I fail so often. I don't even remember what it is. I I I think it's I think it's the green one, but I I I never know. It's just it's one of those things where what do you do? Action packed show, but kind of a weird one because I think both of us are really champing at the bit to talk about one very particular thing that nobody in the world cares about. So how do we delicately position ourselves to talk about something that nobody else wants to know? I mean, I mean we already talked about touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Griff, I don't, I don't even know where to start on this because there's two amazing things that we are just going to chat forever about. Where do you? Well, where would you go first? Let's get into the Apple announcements because the worldwide developer conference that Apple hosts and this is totally is all thing. Apple news and says worldwide developer conference like it's everybody else as well but it's actually just Apple that happened just now <laughs> and released a ton of stuff there's the 15 inch MacBook Air which actually looked pretty good because it was like it weirdly with cheap this, with this M2 yeah they brought back the the so the the Mac Studio is still around but we get to see the Mac Pro and yep. the Mac Pro is back to the cheese grater design. Yep. Which honestly, I don't hate that look, weirdly. I don't like when it's like on wheels and stuff. I think that all looks pretty dumb. I think this one will be smaller because it's still an M2 Ultra or something like that. Yeah. But oh yeah, they, they released it and that has a, a motherboard that you can kind of mess with. Really? And well, it'd have to because that's the whole point of that form factor. But it's wild because like, so it's upgradable storage. Like you can, you can do all that stuff. But you can't, it's got seven PCIe slots, but you can't add a graphics card. doesn't support graphics, like internal GPUs that you can add. You'd have to probably use Thunderbolt still, right? I, I guess, but their whole thing is, you know, we've got this amazing chip. Why, like, we don't want to have to integrate with a, a GPU that, you know, NVIDIA makes or something. Well, because that, that GPU is probably better. Or yeah. also, I'm sorry, I do have worries about some of these systems on a chip being able to cope. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't have enough experience with them. It's a very interesting design to the the CPU GPU because it's a I think a GPU on a on the same chip that it you know how like a power supply unit in a desktop has like its own little like section of the case where it pulls air from the top and goes out of the back. Oh yeah, like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. They've done that as the cooler for the CPU, so. There's no like hot air dumping straight into the case from, you know, a, a cooler basically that's in the middle of the case. It's just like full on in the corner, so that cool air comes in, hot air goes directly out, and there's nothing, you know, tainting it. It's very interesting. That is fascinating, but I think the big thing with these, one of the biggest things that we need to keep in mind with the ARM-based processors, 
is that they're very low energy consumption. Yeah, they're meaning fit. they don't get very hot. And that also means that, yeah, it's but that cheaper means, to run, but that means they're not hot either. Which is why they're able to put, you know, 24 cores into that M2. And, and then, in addition, a huge amount of cores of GPU that I don't even know about. It's probably a lot more than 24, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hated the Mac Pro when it looked like an Alexa tube. Whatever that, that The version. trash can. The trash can got terrible cooling. And it was a cool design if, when you looked at it, but it wasn't very practical. And apparently those things froze like crazy. Really? I, th I think that was from overheating, though, yeah. Well, because they had zero air movement except for the center. Yeah. Yeah, so we get to see the studio gets going. The iPad, we're, they're talking about iOS 17. Yep. And it's really funny to me because you and I kind of talked about Will we see it next year or, you know, in this, you know, during the next WWDC or you know, what's coming? There's more and more improvements to make the iPad version of iOS. They ingeniously call it iPad OS. Yeah. But the iPad version of iOS can now have more flexibility in how apps are run. Yeah. Basically, they can run in variable sizes. And if that sounds like a fancy and clever way of saying it supports windowing. Yeah, like a desktop. Like a desktop. Oh, my would, gosh. We're starting to see more and more. Mm -hmm. And again, I think you're, the iPads are starting to push this. The, at least the iPad Pro yeah. is starting to put. They're using a lot of their desktop, quote, desktop processors, the M-series processors in the ipad pro yep that means these are running the same thing that the macbooks are running mac os and tablet. ipad os are going to be the same thing soon now i did get to use one i was at costco the other day and they had an ipad oh. pro because i don't know if we talked about it on this show i kind of toyed around with the idea of getting one because we were going on a road trip and i knew then i could use itunes and all of that good stuff but then i was really kind of struggling with the fact that I have a nice tablet. Why do I need Already to buy an ARM a processor? Yeah. Or anything, yeah, it was mostly just getting into the iTunes ecosystem. I just on the iTunes, and computer. I tried running it off of iTunes, and it was garbage. Yeah, I like those like harsh edges and stuff on those new iPads. Though those look sweet. Yeah, but so this had the magic keyboard or whatever nonsense yeah. that's called. Making so the mouse like cursor is just a circle. Oh. It's not like an actual mouse. They're trying to be edgy. And I Looks think it's, like it's a touchpad, like when you touch it. You know, it, like it when you little... record and the people have the little finger dots? Yeah, yeah. It looks like that. Hmm. That's okay, I guess. I don't know. But I think we're starting the... to see this convergence between the the iPad is going to be, the, especially the iPad Pro, is going to bridge between the Mac and the iPhone. But can you click with your eyes using eye tracking? No, you cannot. Oh, well, the Vision Pro can. <laughs> Before we talk details, about this, <laughs> you yeah. know what? No, we should probably talk details because not everybody's nerdy about this. You want me to go through the specs? Let's hear. All right. Hit me up. Let's talk about this is the augmented reality headset. Also capable of VR. And Yeah, and VR that we have been teased by rumors for, what, two years? Yeah, easily two years. I think it'll be another year, though, right? Isn't it? We've, they said they've announced this to come out next year. I think it comes out the end of this year, early next. Okay. So six to eight months, maybe, somewhere around there, probably is when this will release. Yeah, yeah. So this is the, yeah, the Vision Pro. Basically, it's a headset that is augmented reality or virtual reality that has a glass front and an aluminum frame, contains five sensors, 12 cameras, and then two 4K displays, one for each eye. Each eye gets a display. It gets 4K. And this thing has a fan in it, too, which I've never used a headset that has a fan in it. But it only has a two-hour battery life if you don't plug it in, yeah. obviously. But with that kind of you know horsepower. It does have a M2 chip in it, and it has what they're calling an R1 chip, which I guess is for... I think the a, spatial AR. Like yeah. It's but, dedicated for... The cameras and stuff yep. to, to run you know, where you're at and stuff. And one of the reviews I, the, the people who had, had the hands-on experience in the like amphitheater in, in the Apple environment thing that they went to, they said it was astounding how great the apps and such were when you looked through the headset and when you moved your head, how still they were. So I've, everything obviously is moving around you because you're turning your head, but the apps were in space 
still. Yeah. Which 12 cameras, that'll do, yeah. That'll do that. <laughs> so pretty cool thus far. I mean, it's got all the specs for a laptop basically in it. And and when they say like it's glass front, because we talk about the difference between AR and VR, and AR effectively is taking the world that you're you're sitting in and making this sort of world interact with the real world. Yeah. So you, like you said, in an AR situation, you have apps running. The apps are floating in your room. And if somebody and walks can, up to you, it'll un unblur that section of the world to show that person as they approach you, things like that. What I also thought was neat about how they're doing, and then VR is effectively replacing the world that you're in. Entirely, yeah. And when we say that they have this glass front, you've seen those, you've seen those, um, like the mirrors and stuff. Well, like when people do like the electric, t the electric tinting. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what these, the headset is. So when you go between AR and VR, in AR mode, that glass is perfectly clear. But if you go into VR, it's all it 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 clo it basically closes the screen out. It does look like it was frosted more than anything. Yeah, like how it's like really yeah. really. I mean, that's really cool that you can you don't have you you can change between AR and VR. The weirdest part about that glass front though is that it's got a screen on that front facing outwards, so that when people approach you, they see you. They see your eyes, and it's all done based on the thing they're calling digital persona. So you scan your face, and then it displays your face to the outward people. So it's so a digital. So when you're on, well, so that is for things like FaceTime and stuff. Yeah, but it uses that, scan. and it and it uses the cameras and your mannerism, and it basically is a an AI version of yourself, motion captured real time. But it makes sense. They had to, to solve this problem of. If you're going to FaceTime with this headset on, how are you going you to display yourself? Yeah. yeah, how do you make it so natural? They, they made it a uncanny valley kind of <laughs> persona. But I think that's more messed up in a way like that we can do this real time. You're going to see me, but you're going to see a digital version of me. Yep. Yeah. And and I'm not wearing this giant headset on it. Yeah. But I look I look normal and as I move my hands, it's going to move move hands yep. and yeah, that's the other thing. This this doesn't have any controllers or anything. It, it doesn't have any lighthouses like the, the Oculus or the it's all the stuff. It's all using cameras to detect motion. Which 12 cameras, that is, I think, six more than the MetaQuest that came out. Which oh, I, by the way, the MetaQuest came out. There's right. a replacement to that. Do we? Does anybody remember that? Like, And give them credit. Facebook Meta were trying to do like a total Microsoft move with how ChatGPT and Bing Search was getting... They tried to get there first, and nobody cared. Yep. So the Meta Quest 2 came out in 2020. So three years later now, we've got the third edition, which is uh, been overshadowed, I'd say, easily by the Vision Pro. But yeah, that that's the the metaverse for Facebook. Their attempt to continue on there at another spiral into <laughs> debt. <laughs> but. That thing is expensive. Yeah, right? Because wasn't it... Their operating budget was pushing $4 billion, but revenue yep. was under $400 million. $340 million yeah, in that's, revenue. That's a, that's a mean, huge difference. And we've yeah. always, but we've always said, you know, if you're, unfortunately, the first people to get to a market like this very often, they don't always, they don't always reap the rewards. And that's what Apple specializes in. Not inventing things, but finding things that are doing kind of cool things that are innovative and then just taking it to an entirely new level. So, and, and I guess, is it the quest to the, that was 1500, whatever the $1,500 one, they dropped the price. The $1,500 VR headset. The only one I know of is the HTC Vive 2 or Vive Pro, which there is the wireless one. One of the Oculus ones was 1500 bucks. Cause I, I had oh. heard somewhere that they're, they dropped that to under a thousand. Yeah, it, it was a Quest Pro. Sorry. Okay, so right. Quest Pro. Quest Pro. Sorry, the naming conventions are not quite well as intuitive. Well, but yeah, they did. They dropped it to a thousand. So it's a five hundred dollars save. So if you've been holding out, true. Now's the time to spend thirty five hundred dollars on a Vision Pro. <laughs> no, yeah, to buy something else probably. Now, real talk on this one, because we've got our notes. We got it. We've been talking a lot about this, and I think 
you and I have kind of said the same thing. If anybody was going to figure out a way, quote, to make this a useful tool, it was probably going to be, it's probably going to be Apple. Yeah. What's your thought? I mean, you've seen, I've watched the videos. I watched it. I want to go through what what Mark Zuckerberg said, I guess, first. He he said this was a sad, sad example of the future, I guess, technically, because he was looking at all the promo videos and it shows someone alone in a room doing tasks and interacting with people digitally. But isn't that what we're doing? Now? Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. So, but his metaverse is also like, hey, you want to do all those tasks and stuff in a public space that's in, you know, the digital metaverse? I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like he had any kind of. I will say, point. <laughs> from a marketing perspective, that's a lot of muted colors and it is a lot of tasks. It was very pro, but I think that was just it. Apple made that choice, and I think this is why I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm excited for this. This is the first time I can see myself using a headset in place of a monitor setup. The, right? Yeah. Like Which, this is the I mean, the issue that you have is that for five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, Meta is trying to sell me a toy. Yeah. Hey, enjoy social. Enjoy this. Play games with friends. Okay, but here's the deal. A PlayStation 5 has yeah. got way more graphics. They're going into the, the realm of I can't do either thing well. I'm not doing the gaming side well because the Index and the Vives and, and all that, those are doing significantly better. But I can't also do any of the other like productivity stuff because, A, there's not a market for that at the moment. And, B, oh, my God, Apple's about to make a market for that. <laughs> and and this, is, this is where I think this kind of makes sense. Everybody's gone after the toy market. Yeah. And that makes this a gadget, right? Like the, the MetaQuest is a gadget for fun. It's an entertainment device. If you've got a reason to do like some sort of 3D modeling, maybe. But even then, I wouldn't use that. 500 bucks, knowing what you know about the Quest, how are you going to spend your 500 bucks? Do you have a PlayStation 5? No, but I mean, I'd probably... For 500 bucks... Yeah, I'd probably put that money towards that instead of that. The quest. This this is this is my this is my thing with where but is there anything else from a productivity standpoint that's doing what the Vision Pro is? Yeah, I mean the Vision Pro has a lot better augmented reality stuff. The quest seems like it was focused on VR, yeah. Getting yourself fully into the metaverse, ignoring everything around you. With the vision is allowing you to do both. I think the AR side of it is what makes this, how do I put it? To what you, to, to build off of what you said, VR is very closed off. Mm-hmm. I exist in a room. You and I could be both on a VR headset and pretty much have zero interaction. It would have to be digital. With an AR yeah. platform, you and I can interact with each other normally but have other stuff going on. It, yeah. It's, this is the first headset I've seen that augmented reality, excluding like Google Glass and stuff, obviously, but where augmented reality is the first thought. Because yeah. when I think of like the index that I own, sure, it has a camera on the front and I can activate it and look around if I want, but it's an afterthought. It's not its real purpose. I can't actually do anything cool with it. It just It's really just a camera to see around me if I need to. Mm-hmm. But this is sweet. I, I'm not going to pay 3500 but this is the pro model. So and there Vision is Pro. Rumor, there is rumors that by the end of 2025, yep. they want a cheaper model. Which I assume would be half the price, and that 15, you know, or, you know, 1700 or so. We're talking the Apple half, which is 1500 or yeah. $2,000. I might do something like that. That's pretty, I don't know. From, from what I've heard about people experiencing it i mean obviously it's so early on it's hard to really tell reviews how but. many people do you think are going to be like me because and buy it for the office <laughs> the apple card is 24 months zero percent interest that's true yeah plus plus the three think day. about the three percent yeah apple store kickback on 3500 bucks that's pretty good <laughs> griffin what i'm saying is the future may be here next year. <laughs> I would I would love to try this thing, 
but like I could never justify that for personal use. There's no way I would be using it. If if I had a MacBook and I, I think what was makes this system, I think what makes this appealing to me and why I, I would consider buying a one for Lighthouse, I, I genuinely have thought about it, is because it wouldn't just be a tool that I would use. We would all be able to get and you know what? When If clients come over, we could have some fun with you showing them around on some of that stuff. And this is the first headset I've seen where it's it's truly mobile. It I looks mean, useful. You can bring it anywhere. It's got no lighthouses. It's got no controllers. Yep. You just bring that thing and you're... Put it on your head. Good. Yeah. And if it's charged, like you said, it's only two hours of battery life. But look... I Everything I've used, excluding the HTC Vive Pro, is, is wired. Yeah. And that wireless one for the other... HTC, you have to have a full computer within, you know, four feet or whatever. So, so you still have to pack it all up. You still got to pack it all up. Yeah. This is the only one that's really. It's self-contained. Self-contained. And in the Quest stuff, yeah, sure. But man, I just, it's not the same. They're focusing on something different. Yeah. And and listen, you know, if you've got one and there's something cool on the, on the Quest, that's fine. There's just never been anything interesting to me. This is the first time where I feel like this is some minority report type stuff. Yeah, it really is. I like, mean, it's hand gestures. It's everything. It's eye tracking. I can click with my blinking, apparently. I haven't yeah. seen a proof of concept of that yet, but they state it. So. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. And I don't, whereas I like the idea because the Google Glass was significantly lighter and smaller. And I, yeah. I, I know what they were trying to do there. That one had to fail because it was too much on the wrong thing. That was 10 this years is, ago, maybe more. This now. is this is a blend between AR and VR and mm -hmm. if you wanted to play a VR game, you could. Yeah. Right? But then switch between AR. You're going to look goofy. I do wonder what kind of game stuff they've got. I'm sure it's a lot of Apple, you know, games that are not I mean, you know that it's games, probably but... based on an ARM processor. So porting to it is going to be easy. You know, there's a reason they're standardizing on their own processors. Yeah. One, their OSs are easier to maintain because they're effectively the same code base, just different targets. Yeah. And two, it's easy for developers to move between, you know, move their apps. You just need to recompile it and test it. And yeah. Oh, I yeah, can there's make a gonna be some, in this. Yeah, there's going to be some interface differences. Yeah. but Which, it's interesting. People are asking, like, why is it? A year away basically or, or eight months or however long but in reality the, the product's probably done it's all just software now and getting apps compatible so that when it launches I'm, yeah i do imagine that i imagine this is going to be largely apple based apps yeah you know i want to jump into it but one of the apps that was demoed that's very wah, wah, was an adapted version of apollo oh yeah yeah which I, I like how they called that out too in the and, and, conference thing. And now here we are that maybe Apollo is very likely no more. Yeah, um, which we'll talk about. <laughs> but I don't want to skip over one of the other big Apple news is that gaming on a Mac might be a lot easier. Might be a lot easier to move games that originally created for Windows and, and even Linux and such to Mac, yeah which is wild. It's it's all the DirectX 12 Windows games using this GPT, not ChatGPT, but the game porting toolkit. Which I released. think is all based on Steam's Proton, right? It's or not do, Steam's Proton, but it is, it's Proton, yeah. Steam well, Valve used. They, I think they, div I, okay, when I say Steam's, mm -hmm. I think Steam or Valve is putting a lot of resources into pushing Proton, but it effectively mimics the Windows API, including DirectX. Um, I think this is sweet. And, and yeah, Valve has put a ton of resources, I believe, in contributing to this because they have their Steam Deck. Their Steam Deck. Which required a huge amount of work to port all of their games over. And that way you could play a win you could play theoretically a Windows game on the Steam Deck. The amount of Steam Deck compatible games is is it's crazy. Yeah. Isn't it? It, it's all and it's instantly these AAA titles and such. It's wild. I mean you can play from the oldest games to the newest games, straight on this thing, and it's. I want a Steam Deck. My oh, one dude, buddy is trying deck. to talk me into buying one, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And now that I have a Vision Pro to potentially save up for, I I, I might have a reason to say no. But the Steam Deck, the cheapest model though, is like three fifty. It's wild. Yeah, I, the one I liked was like five hundred bucks, and I thought yeah. it was super 
and and 500 bucks but i felt like it was really good specs for what it is and yeah there's a I think there's a 550 and a 650, and the 650 is just bigger capacity, but the 550 has the faster storage in general. I was going to say, there's one that has NVMe, yep, and, it's NVMe and the other one CC. uses EMMC. Yeah. And, and I've, I've played that. I've played with that. I've, I've used EMMC. I'm going to go NVMe. It's yeah. significant. And I think it's a difference of 100 bucks or something. It's like, no, it's worth that money. And with that 100 bucks, you get like a better screen and stuff too. Regardless, the similar technology is being switched over. Mac is kind of embracing it, importing it as part of their game porting. To this yeah. means you could run whatever title you want on the on on the Macish for that's designed for Windows. Finally, there's not the oh I can't play games on a Mac. I'm not going to get that. Well, man, you'll you'll be able to play nearly anything probably in the next year it or so. Didn't really bother me because you know the only company that I really salivate over for games is Blizzard. And, and <laughs> yeah. they they were always really good about making their games Windows and Mac. Yeah, haven't played Diablo Four yet. <laughs> yeah, the looks, uh, looks cool, but the promo I stuff. Anything, with, I don't have anything that runs it. Do you see all the promo stuff with, in, in New York while the Canadian fire smoke had gone down to no. it? It looked like hell. Was, oh, that's right. It was awesome. That is kind of their. Yeah, I mean, the, the marketing I think was like "Welcome to Hell" or something. It is. And it is. It was. It was a photo of Times Square, and it was a huge Diablo billboard, and the, it was just orange all around. It looks so cool. I got to imagine that was scheduled before all of this. That's just really that was coincidental. Time. Yep. Yeah, had to have been. I mean, how do you? You can't predict <laughs> fires from Alberta. Or coming. how much? Yeah, or how much money are you going to pay to bump another advertiser? Yeah, because you went. But yeah, yeah I, I've always loved those games. The Diablo games are. I always love the the labyrinth style play. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about the, the mobile one that came out on the podcast. A couple I tried weeks ago. playing it, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, that's just not my way to play. We talked about this one's big to me. You and I, I got to imagine. Well, I'm assuming, but Reddit is like nerd paradise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I don't use it go. probably as much, but I certainly I, I, have been in there. You know, I'm more of a Reddit person than I am Facebook, I just Twitter. Don't post things online. Well, like, I don't ever. post things either. I don't no. actually comment or anything. I real, I'm, I'm very passive. I'm consumptive. You're the lurker. I'm very much a lurker. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we talked about Apollo being demo. I'm a big Apollo fan. It's a Reddit third-party Reddit client. Yeah, I think everybody knows Reddit has been unusable and hasn't changed many good things in a, a number of years so these apps that are third-party apps that allow for I think accessibility kept it, i think they've like kept that. it yeah that was the other thing is many of these apps that the third-party apps that are coming out they're designed to help mods like the moderators be able to keep up and prevent spam some of them there's one for the subreddit are blind yeah yeah they have mods that help blind people be able to consume because Reddit has nothing that's not compatible yeah. with with screen readers and stuff. Like, right? Well, we've been learning through Apollo's developer, one guy, by the way, just by himself. He does have like one or two people that help him on some other pieces because they have to have a server that runs for certain things. Still a, a, a team of three managing an app that is and, one of the and largest. A, and um, a graphics designer because I don't know if you use, you know, you, you use Apollo. Yeah, he they used, have custom he, icons. Yeah, and he, he made that Pixel Pal thing that I read his little article on um, what's going on. App, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm actually making a pretty good amount of money on that alone. So even if Apollo dies, I'd be okay with just that. And he said, and he, well, and he said that most people seem to love it because yeah. that used to be part of Apollo. Yeah, yeah. He kind of like as a feature to play around with, and people loved it so much that he decided to grow it and spin it off. Well, with the little bubble thing on the top of the new iPhones and stuff, it's gotten really popular. So, so why are we talking third-party apps? Why are we talking Reddit? Well, it's because Reddit's kind of screwing the pooch here. Yeah, the users and in, in mods are on strike. And uh, you've probably seen this somehow. It's been in the news. But it's, ev it's weird how everywhere it is. It is, yeah. But it's it's all, you know, the, I think I think the last number I saw was like 12,000 subreddits or something are going private, and yeah. which is a huge number. It's un unfathomable. Even though you consider things like the Ukraine subreddit is not because those are things that take precedence over, you know. Yeah, and, and listen, I don't, I don't look 
poorly on people who have a need for staying up and running. You design, you decide it for your community. I saw and one I that think was there's like there's enough subreddits mm-hmm. that were making a serious point. Yeah, I saw one that was like stop drinking, which is like a alcoholic, and that's a support group. Yeah, like, that right? one's not shutting down because they're like, well, that's not really our <laughs> our thing. Yeah, what we're getting at is so. I'm going to roll you back because I've been following all this specifically with the developer of Apollo. His name is Christian Selig. He's Canadian, so he apologizes a lot. You know, he was talking about, hey, we had a meeting. Reddit has always been very, he's very pro-Reddit up until recently, but he was very pro-Reddit. And he said, listen, back in January, they said, look, we're looking at making big changes to the API. Okay, no big deal. Which I think a lot of just developers have been doing in general to compensate for, you know, like the AI revolution that's happening. And the API, their API is free. And what they're saying they're having issues with is the number of consumptive API requests mm-hmm. is becoming a burden. Right. So and and having AI try to learn from Reddit by yeah. using the API to consume data. Which I think even that the developer had admitted he's like, well, I could probably try and optimize more. To lower the number of requests and stuff, but the the, the number that they're asking in terms of price is still well, outrageous. This is in Jan- January. They said we're we're planning on making changes, but nothing for 2023. Oh, they said nothing for 2023. This is in January, dude. And he's like, okay, because he said I'm starting to try to figure out how you know do I need to raise prices for yeah. subscriptions, what have you. So he goes through, he does all of that. No, no major changes. No, we're not doing that. And, and this app is the majority of it is free. I mean, you can do yep. most everything yep. on the free app. And it's super powerful Reddit app because yeah. you can filter things, you can block users, filter them out. You can, you know, the only uh, paid stuff is like hiding posts you've already read and stuff. Exactly. Like it's just kind of, and it's really, I'm, I love it. I, I'm, I'm here for Apollo. It's probably the only reason why I think I actually do. I am stuck on using Reddit as much because it makes it usable. Yeah. So then we fast forward to April. And in April, they say, you know what? Scratch all of that. We're, we're, we're realizing we need to charge for the API. And even at this point, Christian, who's been the most vocal, so that's why we reference him, mm-hmm. said, you know what? I understand I understand that the burden this puts on you. He said, my only thing is I need you to promise me you're not going to do what Twitter did, which is charge an exorbitant amount of fee yeah, and and basically kill the third-party community because there are, this is a big portion of Reddit consumption. Yeah, no, we saw how the backlash on Twitter came out. We're not going to do that. That's, you know, yeah. we're going to try to make it fair. It's just we really need to combat it. And the reality is, is that it's pretty widely known that Reddit wants to go public this year. Mm. They want to IPO. But in order to really get people to buy, they need to be profitable, of they which have, they are not. And they have to prove that they're profitable, so they have to have a backlog of, you know. So they're probably looking to do that next year, and they need six months to Well, they're looking to do, they're looking to IPO this year. Oh, are they, man. So they're, they're mad dash for cash. So, okay. Christian Post, he said, listen, we know that there's changes coming. They're they're working with me. They said that it's not going to be exorbitant. It should be minor. I think this is good because, one, if they're getting paid to invest in the API, then that means that they should be providing you with a product. Some more meetings go by, and he learns that, well, one of the big changes is the API, even though you're paying for it, won't have access to NSFW content. Yeah. He's like, well, that's kind of a sticking point. Like, why are you limiting what content? Also, what about the pricing? You haven't announced the pricing. He said it took them six weeks to announce the pricing. And just in the beginning, sort of end of May, early June, did we find out that they don't quite understand what they, they're not listening to themselves. (laughs) <laughs> what happened was is it's it's on par, if not slightly more expensive than Twitter. Oh, man. And Twitter's been called out for being one of the most expensive. APIs there is. Yeah. So, but Twitter also went on record to say we're trying to destroy third-party apps. Yeah, they're actually not hiding it. And for somebody like Apollo, the cost, 
he's like, this is a one-man developer. Yeah. Is going to go from being free to costing $20 million per year. Yeah. And he said, I have, I have users that are paying subscriptions. Yeah. And I can't just raise the rates they are locked into a subscription you you have you have business kate like he's like i have a this is my hobby yes but i have a business to my hobby is not designed to lose money yeah so he's kind of been cornered into an ultimatum which and for whatever reason the ceo of reddit is starting to vilify him yeah now the only thing that's kind of come out from this is he said Canada is a one-party consent state for recording, so he has all of the recordings. And he's like, I sat on them. They were mostly so that I could take notes. Yeah, review. He goes, but now that you're 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 saying that I'm demanding, like, there's some weird stuff from the CEO. But it's not just like Apollo, the the Reddit client. Moderators to keep people from posting spam, and you know anything bad yeah yeah, like to control content everything that's not a 24 these are volunteers who manage these communities reddit doesn't provide any resources so they utilize they utilize tools left and right they use third-party tools now all of a sudden the tools that they use to manage the content to keep people from using hate speech to keep people from spamming to keep their communities clean yeah gone are gone so that's where this is. It's like Apollo is becoming sort of the figurehead. But the reality is we talked about the subreddit r slash blind. They, they cooperate with a screen reader, a third-party screen reader, so that people who are blind can enjoy Reddit. And now it's... And now it's going to cost money. They yeah. can't offer... Th- well, now the worst part of the whole thing is, is that Reddit finally came out with the pricing at the let's say the end of may early june and said it goes into effect of july 1st yeah so you talked about how christian said well i could be doing things far more efficiently i got but now he has, he a has month. 30 days <laughs> to, to get that out? out there yeah and reddit's response was well we post bill so it's not that you have July 1st. It's you won't get your first bill till August. And he goes, but I'm incurring a bill that I never got before. Yeah. At the at almost two million dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's extortion, man. <laughs> like. So that's why this has happened. So the community has kind of rallied around Christian, who's been very vocal and transparent. But a lot of these third party apps are what keep Reddit running, and Reddit themselves have kind of forgotten. You're a community site. Yeah, and I, I read a stat that was two-thirds of the users or the, the user base is not accessing Reddit via traditional what Reddit would like, you know, whether it's the Reddit app on or whatever. Or it's, Have you ever it's used bad. that? <laughs> Those are bad apps. They just don't work well. Before Apollo, I used a Reddit app called Alien Blue. Hmm. Reddit bought them, shut them down, pulled it off, and yeah. made you use the official Reddit app. Yep. It was awful. Man. And then shortly thereafter, I discovered Apollo. But I stopped using. I stopped using Reddit because of how bad the Reddit app was. Yeah, and the website's not any better. I mean, I, for for sure, for me, if if Apollo goes down, I'm probably I'm not going to use it. Yeah, there's not a point. There's not a really reason to use it again. So, and and what we're hearing is is not that the guy at Apollo, the Christian, wants his way or the highway, which is what the CEO keeps claiming. He goes. No, I just feel like they will not work. They're the ones that are saying, this is the new process, live with it. Yeah. And there's no concessions. And he's finally said, I, I, I've i turned my head on this a million different ways. I've talked to friends. I've talked to family. I've talked to other developers. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't go in the red for this. This, this, is, this is a fun thing that I have that I've always loved. And still, he's like, but I, I can't lose money. Yeah, and I don't want him talking, to go broke on this. So. We're talking 500 bucks. Yeah. We're talking he could lose month one, $50,000. Month two, 45. And, and he goes, and this is just simulated number. He's like, there there's no 30 days to do anything. It's too tight. And then it's so expensive. And there's just no give. And yeah. he said, for the first time, this is where he get. For the first time, he's like, I feel like 
Reddit is more about profit than they are about community. And they no longer want to hear from the community. And he's like, that's not the Reddit I know. Yeah. And so he said that June 30th, he's deleting the API key out of his equipment. So you'll no longer be able to access it because he doesn't want to get charged for the Yeah. So Apollo will basically shut down. Yeah. I mean, the the app will probably remain on the iTunes store until... He's already working on getting the app pulled, he said. And that's why he said... Everybody thinks, oh, you're just knee-jerk. He goes, no, I have to be realistic about this. Yeah. He's like, because there is. I have to pull the app. I have to make sure that people yep. can't buy subscriptions. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get sued for having an app that you're buying something that doesn't actually do anything. So, you know, back in February, yeah. I upgraded to Apollo Lifetime. Oh, dude. So I got that going for me. Bad time. I was actually on it apparently a long time ago. So I think I spent five bucks back in the day and I've, I've never had to upgrade thing so i so you know what i did because of how much i use apollo yeah and he was running some special and i was like there you go more. you know what i haven't given you money in like eight years oh yeah there you go. so i'm an upgrade so I, I make that joke i'm not bitter he has no control over this situation yeah no um completely out of it and and i've gotten way more than 45 dollars or whatever it was of use out of apollo it's been great yeah you know but this is tough because a lot of communities are affected. And as a result, a lot of subreddits have gone dark. Yeah, which is the strike. This is the There's a, we, everybody. I mean, we can't moderate our site to keep it clean. Even down to users where if people are saying, you don't saying care you about use my it. community, I'm pulling it. Yeah. And a number of users are saying if they don't turn away from their wicked ways, not only are they leaving the platform, but they're going to do a data request to have their content removed. And I love that idea. Yeah. Because if your content's deleted, what value do you have? Because you could say, listen, we still have all this archive data. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Going away. What's interesting is our next podcast is on the 30th. Oh, this will be interesting. Yeah. We'll get to see. I mean, we'll see what happens, actually. But If you follow along with the story... Reddit's the C- not backing the down, CEO I mean, seems to be so out of touch, yeah. and they seem to be so financially focused. I don't see it changing. I, I actually didn't realize they were trying to go public, so that that makes so much more sense. The the entire timeline makes more sense. And why they're being aggressive? Why they're being aggressive? Yeah, and that it's not next year; it's this year. It's the- they have to. They want to show that they have some type of income. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, the CEO made a promise to somebody that he's trying to fulfill that is ruining everything. And he seems he just comes off as very arrogant. Yeah, he he accused Christian of a lot of things, of being unwilling to work and together and unbending. And he's like, "You're the one coming up with the 30 day thing." He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "There were lots of other third party developers who heard that same call." Yeah, I'm I'm surprised they're focused fixating on him. That just is a testament to say how important Apollo is for their user base. If he's just going after him left and right. Because I think there's at least 2 million users. Got to be. Got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised if it's 2 million, honestly. I bet you it's more. But Yeah. There's, this is worth Googling if you really like some hardcore drama. And this could, you know what? There was another company that tried to do this very similar thing. And they were called Dig. Yeah, <laughs> Dig. Yeah, Dig is. Dig is the precursor to Reddit. Except Dig realized that they wanted to make money. And so they shifted their passion from community to money. Yep. And what happened? Reddit showed up. Yep. This this will be interesting. Gosh. I, I think even for a short time, Reddit was down because of these blackouts. Yeah. So there was actually a full-on crash of Reddit's system because so many subreddits were shifting to private. I don't quite understand how that happens. I feel like that's less use on their servers by things shutting down. I don't understand. Yeah, there's something there. Seems a little little odd. But yeah, that was when 7,000 or more subreddits went private or read-only in response to the API pricing. Crazy. Yeah, a lot of them went private where you can't read any of the content. It's just you visit it and it says, no, this is an invite-only community. Well, speaking of API and stuff, I got some cool news from Brave, which... The uh, little 
browser? The tiny little browser, yeah, which I believe is Chromium. But they're launching. They're all Chromium. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. It's a it's a pretty good guess. <laughs> if they're not, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> I'm nearly positive that Brave is Chromium based. Yeah, but they're launching a search API that is going to give developers a third option to compete with Google and Bing. So Google and Bing have been kind of monopolizing the search API for the ecosystem for like you know artificial intelligence and language learn model learning models and all that kind of thing. But here we are with a new one. So Brave Search API, they are basically, this is their focus for this whole year now, making it so developers specifically are going to be able to access this and and specifically for artificial intelligence, use it for their backend systems. The quote is, as the only privacy-preserving and independent searching index in the West. That is their big deal. They are a privacy-based, privacy-focused browser. Yep. It's integrated ad blocking and all kinds of stuff, yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably better than DuckDuckGo because DuckDuckGo's been outed a few times recently for being totally not private. That's just a search engine, though. Well, they were making a browser. They were making, yeah, they were doing some stuff. But but yeah, Brave Search brings much-needed competition to Google and Bing. So I'm pretty excited for that. The pricing seems fair. I'm not too sure what it'll look like in the future, but I do believe with their focus on artificial intelligence developers that it'll be a success. So pretty sweet. There you go. Very cool. Yeah. It's a brave new world. <laughs> I got a bit of security news though. We've we've oh, gone man, we've gone is, so far off the rails. Is this, this a week. security podcast? <laughs> so we might as well toss this in. Have you been have you seen this? Have you heard about this? You've seen have, this? Have you, have you heard this? Have you seen this? <laughs> Gigabyte has a little bit of a problem on their hands. That the motherboard gray uh, yeah, manufacturer? Yeah. There might be... I'm hearing it called a backdoor, but it's really not a backdoor so much as it oh. as, as it is really bad programming. Dude, I totally have like two Gigabyte motherboards in my house. Oh, you're going to want to pay attention to uh, this then. Yeah. I don't know if they're in use. So, well, that that is one way to be security first. <laughs> yeah, not plug, not them, plug in. them in. So, yeah, backdoor might not be the right term. It could just be really poor programming. But there is an updater service that gets installed when you have a motherboard made by Gigabyte that a lot that's designed to keep the App Center apps all up to date. Like it's got all of its little secondary tools. Yeah, that's for you know, kind of random stuff, drivers and things. Yeah. And utilities, like here's your temperature monitor. Yeah, yep, it's, yeah. Yep. All sounds on the good, right? Like no big deal is what it is. Its job is to keep the software up to date. That's a security-minded thing. Yeah, yeah. So what they found out is that this utility may be extraordinarily trusting all on its own. So we've discovered that it fetches data. It, it calls out to three separate websites. They're hard-coded in the system, so they're not flexible, easy to change. They'd have to redeploy this update. It's hard-coded. Yeah. The first website doesn't use SSL. Oh, dude, come on. Okay. The other two websites, they do use SSL. That's cool. That's, like, literally the first thing you should be doing, though. Like, that's such a small, Do you know what the second thing you should do? Is that if you're using SSL, you should check the validity of the certificate. Yeah. So in other words, you could have a self-signed certificate and it'll still say, yeah, that's fine. That looks good. Why is that a big deal? Because it's all relying on DNS. Mm -hmm. That means in my environment, if I'm able to poison or intercept those DNS requests and point them to my servers, I don't have to have a real SSL certificate. There's no validation, verification. It could be self-signed. It's fake. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as I know what that file's called, I can have you download and install whatever I want you to install. Hmm. Whoops. Yeah, that's sketchy. And then once the updates are installed, because there's no additional checking, it doesn't verify an MD5 or hash or it's anything. It's just cool with whatever it gets. It just says, that's I downloaded that file. Looks I'm going to run it. Yep, run instantly. And that's what it does. Oh, no, yeah. Doesn't even look at the dig- digital signature to see that it was signed by Gigabit, Gigabyte. They're a big company too. I mean, this was a big cock up. Yeah. So, plot twist number three to this whole thing is: you think, well, you just need to update the updater, right? Yeah. Ooh. How does that program get installed? 
Well, um, Microsoft actually has this platform called the Windows Platform Binary mm-hmm. Table. What this does is it allows modern motherboards to effectively passively install software into the Windows operating system. This means that it bypasses BitLocker and all that. Yeah. What it does is it takes – and I think you can only have one program that can run this way, but I'm not very sure on that. But basically what it does is the motherboard preloads into memory an executable that is stored within the firmware hmm. and then can pass and communicate a flag to Windows that says, I want you to load this utility. And Windows will say, okay, it reads the memory and copies it to the System32 folder. What that means is, is that you can't just update that file because that file will get rewritten every time you boot the computer. Yeah, so the update it's in firmware. fix anything. Has, you have to do a full-on firmware update. Now, Microsoft has said this is designed so that, like, what if you have anti-theft software and, you know, you have some type of add-in programmed into the firmware it's really designed to be something that allows the hardware to enforce communication or or, or, you know process so it can be easily abused but they have all of these guidelines that you should be following that apparently gigabyte didn't bother to read so you got to update the firmware though of the motherboard which has not been updated yet yeah and that is a sketchy thing alone to do. You should do it like when you first, you know, get the motherboard and stuff, make sure the firmware is updated. But you could brick a motherboard real easily by doing that. Yeah, it's not as common anymore, thankfully, because UEFI has really, I think, saved us on that. But mm. it is pretty sketch. Yeah. And that is the only you don't way you have do to it. do that. And, and you have to reboot in order to, like, people aren't going to install it because it it's you can't do it hot. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like you got you can install it, but you have to reboot right away. Yeah, so it's it's just more. Gigabyte's not really like a cheap motherboard brand either. Like they're not no. they're not super expensive. It's been a brand but... that I I would call my higher end yeah. brand. It's not an Asrock or something like real cheap, dirt cheap, yeah. but it, it's up there with like Asus, Asus and stuff. So it's a shame. This one's big. So if you've got a motherboard I do. from Gigabit, I do. keep an eye on the firmware updates. Mm-hmm. Definitely make sure you update as soon as they come out. This is a very difficult thing to exploit because, of course, you have to have DNS get poisoned. And, like, there's several layers here. Yeah. It would require on-site sort of, like, somebody has to poison your environment. Yeah. But that said, it seems to be pretty easy to do. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about it. People know about it. So it's, it's a known exploit. It's it's out there. Yeah. Wow. All right. We've ranted. We've said it all. We've made our piece. We've talked about the Vision Pro. We've talked about the Reddit blackouts of 2023. We've talked about... We even talked about Meta a little bit. We yeah, didn't even talk about to Mac do, gaming. It's you weird. Know, we, you know who we really didn't talk about? I guess we did mention in a single sentence Twitter... But it is nice to have them not be the same. I mean, they're they're in the news. Like like we said, the CEO, the new CEO is in there. Elon Musk's still managing them though, and that type of thing. But yeah, admittedly, there's not much to talk about outside of that. So thank goodness. Yeah, we talked enough about them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we need to call it a day because I need to start working a lot more so I can save up for the Vision Pro. Dude, I got to get these 63 cans of Red Bull in me. That's true too. Did you see, by the way, I, I, this is completely random. We're going to roll back to the Vision Pro. So, of course, you can't wear glasses while you wear it. So, for an additional charge, you can order lenses. For your insert, prescription? For your prescription. Dude. Listen, Apple. That's actually kind of nice. For $3,500, though, give the people an effing voucher for them. That's true, yeah, for $3,500. $3,500, and you're going to charge people extra for the lenses? Yeah. You know those lenses probably going to cost you 50 bucks. That is really nice, though, because... Things like the index and such, and probably the quests. That's not an option. If you have glasses, you have to wear your glasses yeah, with yeah. the headset on. But so at thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, but, but the price is a bit and high. you can't wear glasses with it. Is my understanding. But the Apple ecosystem thirty five hundred is pretty pretty normal. Like yeah. we're talking about that studio and that's, such. That's that, basically twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. 
their desktop they got, I think the the cheapest is like five thousand five hundred or so. The Mac 6, Mini is only like six hundred bucks though. Oh yeah, you could do that. Yeah, sure. there you go. Is the Mac Mini have an M two? I don't know if the Mac Mini has an M two. No, it's an M one, low end M one. I think. Yeah. I don't think they Ooh, got man. the M two yet. Mac Mini with an M two. Might be. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So there you go. Well, listen, as always, if uh, you know you like this episode, you want to go back, you want to read all of the notes that we were a little all on- over. It was more of an editorial today. There are some articles for you to check out, especially with Reddit piece and the Vision Pro. Go ahead, go to lighthousesol.com slash podcast. Check that out. That'll forward you off to the brand new Lighthouse Hub. You'll be able to check all of that out. If you're a client, you can sign in and get an access to a host of other information, including client resources, software training, all kinds of great, great stuff. So make sure you're checking that out. And gosh, Griff, anything that you have to add? The Mac Mini is an M2. (laughs) There you go. You heard it here third. The Mac Mini is an M2. I hesitate. (laughs) They all do. And with that, this has been the most comprehensive Lighthouse IT Solutions podcast.